welcome to Live, Laugh, Talk. I'm your host, James Graham. Today, we will start our podcast with a discussion entitled, Why Fear Change? Then we will transition to our segment, How Did We Get Here? Followed by our hobbies and special interest section. And then conclude with a happy note for the day entitled, Our Sunflower Message. You're encouraged to share your thoughts on this subject, as well as all other subjects, on our website, LiveLaughTalk.com, by email at admin at LiveLaughTalk.com, and if listening on Spotify, you can add a voice memo, as well as comments, and participate in our poll. We hope that you are following us and finding us to be one of your favorites and returning back to hear us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. The topic that we will begin with is entitled, Why Fear Change? Surely you have heard the expression, the only thing constant is change. With that being said, Why is it inside of us to fear change? Many avoid it at all costs. Some embrace it in certain ways, but are petrified of it in other instances. Is it because change may take us outside of our comfort zone? Truly, we often become complacent and enjoy doing things a specific way or live life beating to the same drum. But if the beat of that drum needs a change in rhythm, will we seize it? Fear of change can cause internal conflict. Maybe we reside in an area, not because we're in love with the vicinity, but we're horrified of what change might bring. So instead of moving to where we might thrive, We stay right where we are. Possibly, there may be a change in our way of thinking or how we feel on a certain subject or in a certain area of our lives. But we won't change our actions because we fear ridicule or loss of those around us who think the way we no longer feel. Thus, we begin living a lie. Is that possibly a joyous existence? Fear of the unknown is the greatest fear. And oftentimes, we begin to think of the worst that could happen if we allow change to occur. But what we think about and reality actually are often two different things. True, change may make you feel that you will incur a loss. For example, one who is a skilled professional in a certain area may wish to embrace leaving their present job, starting their own business. They begin to plan. They figure out how to make it happen. But then fear kicks in. They start to think of the worst thinking of how they can lose all that they've worked for materially. They begin to see themselves bankrupt and 
possibly losing their family's security. So they just stay right there in that job, even if it's a dead-end job. Instead of thinking of the worst, they could have imagined success and took the risk. They feared change and it crippled them. Perhaps a person have had a change in the way they feel, think, and are afraid to embrace it because they feel others will ostracize them. They'll lose their friends or their loved ones. But actually, true friends will welcome your change. Friends of circumstance. Now, those are the ones who will not. What are friends of circumstance? They're acquaintances who exist because you are in similar situations, but who will not be there once those conditions differ. For instance, maybe you're in the same peer group, possibly in school or work. But once you graduate or are no longer employed at that facility, they're gone. Communication ceases. Maybe you have a circle of friends with your marriage mate. But once the partners change and you're no longer married, what happens to those friends? They dissipate. They long for you together, but are not fond of you apart. The question is, are friends of circumstance friends at all? If one cannot be honest with the ones around him, or they don't embrace his change of thought and circumstances, those around him are not his true friends. Their dissipation should be encouraged rather than feeling any type of loss. Remember, true friends will wrap their arms around your progression, your change. They will wrap their arms around you any chance they get. Erica Jung wrote in 1942, going back some time, she wrote, I have not ceased being fearful, but I have ceased to let fear control me. I have accepted fear as a part of life, specifically fear of change and fear of the unknown. And I have gone ahead despite the pounding in the heart that says, turn back, turn back. You'll die if you venture too far. Have you felt that way? I know that I have. But we can't allow fear to control our actions. Erica kept pressing forward, she says, despite that pounding in the heart, despite those palpitations. See, if fear controls us, we become eventually unhappy individuals in even sadder situations. We'll begin to look back at maybe what could have happened to me. If I had only gone this way, would my life have fared better? We start questioning ourselves. It's fear. Fear has led once to stay in loveless, adulterous, and even abusive marriages. Fear has led some to report every day to underpaid, unappreciated, dead-end jobs. Fear 
has led even others to give in to peer pressure, not telling the true side of themselves, which results in dire consequences. Yes, unhealthy fear is distressing. It's imprisoning. And we should never let it control us. Let's make a resolve within ourselves to continue to change, to continue to progress, becoming a better human being without fear of acceptance. This is the only way to truly find happiness and experience internal completeness. We live in a country that promotes higher education. In some cases, we can say that it even demands it. Quite difficult to get a decent paying job nowadays with a high school education. It's even difficult to get a job with a higher education that pays decently. We talked about an educator in one of our podcasts earlier. And the educator in that particular state making the mid-50s, $50,000, but the state requirements are around $68,000 for just the cost of living. So, And we know that our educators have to be educated. So they went to school somewhere. So not only are they under the cost of living in their state, they also have to pay those loans back. The average cost of attendance for a student living on campus at a public four-year in-state institution in the United States is $26,000 per year or $104,000 over four years. Out-of-state students will pay around $27,000 per year or $108,000 over four years. Now, those that go to private Nonprofit universities, well, that's a lot higher than that. We're talking about $55,840 per year or $223,000 over four years. That's quite a hunk of change if we stop and we think about it. It's so much of an issue that our President Obama, he and his wife, as we know, both graduated from Harvard Law School. And it was not until after Obama signed a $1.9 million book deal in 2004, which was the year that he was elected to the U.S. Senate, that the couple was able to pay off all of their student loans. And they were near 40 years old. It took a book deal. Now, honestly, most of us are not going to get book deals to pay off these loans. So what happens? Well, it causes financial harm for many. When we look around the world, is it the same? 
Surely other countries value education too. If we look at England, let's turn our face to the University of Cambridge, ranked number nine in the world. How much does it cost for their students to go there? Annually, $11,000. $11,000 for an education at the number ninth university in the world. If we look at Scotland, the University of Glasgow, how much does it cost there? University of Glasgow ranks 86th in the world. $2,300. That's $2,300. What does it stop there? Well, in Australia, it has six of the world's top 100 universities. How much does it cost? Well, the average Australian will graduate with a debt, graduate with a debt of $10,300. In Latin America, education is free for its citizens. In China, Peking University appears in the top 30 in the world. What do you think tuition is there? Anywhere close to our $26,000? It's $4,700 a year. That's $4,700 a year. Germany, free tuition at its public universities. Sweden, nearly 40 universities and colleges to choose from. Citizen in Sweden, if you were a citizen in Sweden, you would go to school free of charge. Denmark, top universities, University of Copenhagen, University of Southern Denmark, we've heard of such. And the tuition, outrageous, absolutely free. Now, in this country, our parents, they want their children to gain an education. That's really the only way to get a job that will sustain families nowadays. They want the same for their children. But if our kids go to school and they come out with a $104,000 debt plus interest, or $108,000 debt if they go out of state plus interest. Or if they go to, they're smart enough to go to a private university. And they come out with a $223,000 debt plus interest. They're getting off on the wrong foot. At the end of the day, how you survive in this country is decent credit. Well, if you come out of school with a quarter of a million dollar debt before you even have a job, chances are you've got strikes against you. 
It's going to be a difficult road for you. And we don't want the difficulties for our children. We, but what other choice do we have? We want them to gain an education. This is one of the most powerful countries in the world. Yet, we get our children off to a horrible start by getting what they deserve, a decent education. Now, of course, the question that we have to ask ourselves is how did we get here? For our special interest segment, I've realized that over the years, I have become more of a sports fan. So we're going to talk a little bit about sports. Well, we know sports. It, it seems to, to run our country in so many ways. We're not going to talk about all of that, but we're just going to talk about it as a special interest that brings joy to the hearts of many people. And it does. There's songs about sports teams. There's clothing with sports teams. There's stores dedicated to sports. So I'm going to talk a little bit about it. I'll tell you how I got on this subject today. So I was talking to a fellow uh, podcaster. They have a show entitled Sports, the number four and the letter U. Sports for You. They're on YouTube at Sports For You Podcast. You can check them out sometime. Great show, friends. It's a great show. So anyway, we were talking a little bit today, and he asked me one simple question. And anybody who knows me, you can ask me a question that may be five words, and you're going to get a thousand back. So he asked me a question. He said, what's your favorite team? Actually, he made that plural. He says, what are your favorite teams? Well, I had to elaborate. I'm going to take y'all a little bit back. We're going to talk about different sports. We're going to have a little fun with this section because I enjoy all sports. We're going to start off with the NBA. NBA, my favorite team, to answer his question, Los Angeles Lakers. Now, my love, of the Lakers has caused love of other teams because I love Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson's my favorite player. Now, I know we all got all these other discussions about goats and all of that kind of thing, but all I know is when I was a little boy, I saw Magic play for the first time, and he flashed that smile in the camera. I was hooked. So I've been a Magic Johnson fan more than I've been a sports fan overall. Love Magic Johnson. And the love of Magic Johnson also incorporates my WNBA team. My favorite WNBA team is the Sparks, of course. Well, the Agumna K sisters has caused me to continue my love for them. Lisa Leslie back in the day down to the Agumna Kays. Now, I enjoy watching the ladies play. NFL team. Well, that's tough for me 
I grew up watching the Atlanta Falcons. I remember Steve Bartkowski. But living in Georgia growing up, we didn't have some of the teams we have now. So we had the Falcons, we had the uh, Saints, and we had the Dolphins. So I rooted for Steve Bartkowski, Bob Greasy of the Dolphins, and Archie Manning of the Saints. Now, for you young bucks, you know Archie's sons, I'm sure. You've gotten to know Peyton and Eli. Love them too. But when I grew up, I watched Dad. Dad was a runner. His sons are not. But Dad had to run because, you know, back then the Saints didn't have an offensive line. Steve Barkowski with the Falcons, he was amazing in that he could throw from end zone to end zone. Man had an arm. And Bob Greasy, frankly, was the man. He was a member of the uh, 72 Dolphins that went undefeated. I didn't see the 72 Dolphins, but I did read about them. I went, I'm not that old. But, so, I, I, you know, in that I loved all three of those teams. It was hard for me to pick one, but I really rooted for the Falcons because my dad was a Falcon. But I was such a Dolphins fan. Even to the fact that after Bob Greasy left, and then we got Dan Marino, like magic, Dan Marino, my favorite player. I know there's a lot of you out there with GOAT discussions, and Dan Marino doesn't have a ring. Well, Dan Marino did more in a time than you could actually try to hurt the quarterback. And he set all kinds of records. My favorite player from back in the day. So again, we're talking about back in the day, which got me too loving in these teams now. So now if you were to put a gun to my head and say, James, what is your NFL team? It's actually none of the three of those that I grew up loving. I'm a Carolina Panthers fan. And who made me that? Mr. Cam Newton. I fell in love with Cam. Superman. And now we got Bryce Young on the team. So if you had to force me to say it, here I am. Here I go. I'm going to just go right out and say it, that I am a Carolina Panthers fan. Now, that don't mean that I hate the, uh, the Falcons or the Dolphins. And the, I'm, I'm happy to see Tua and the Dolphins and, and all the things that's going on with the teams I grew up with. But I'm going to rock with Panthers for now. We're going to move on a little bit because uh, there's some more teams and some more uh, players and individual sports. So Major League Baseball, Atlanta Braves. I mean, hey, I'm a Georgia boy. I got to root for somebody in Georgia, right? But I grew up liking Dale Murphy and then uh, uh, Deion Sanders. Uh, even played for, for my Braves. We won a World Series. Um you know, with Dion around. And then, you know, now we got some strong hitters. Still my favorite team. And hockey, Carolina Hurricanes. I mean, what can you say about a team that was called by an announcer a bunch of jerks? And they embraced it. Bunch of jerks on T-shirts all over Carolina. They embraced the name. They love it. So the Carolina Hurricanes, bunch of jerks. My hockey team. Now, let's get to that college football. I know everybody wants, they're ready. They can't wait till August get here. 
September, the Ohio State University. Yes, that's my team, the Buckeyes. Now, I root for the Georgia Bulldogs, too, as I was born in Georgia. I went to school at OSU, but when they played each other for the first time in forever, last season, I was conflicted. And you know what I did? I just put on my red and gray that day. I didn't put on either team's jersey. I just put on red and gray, and I rooted for both. But when it's all said and done, all year long, you find me on the street, usually rocking the Ohio State University gear. Men's basketball. I mean, who else? The Tar Heels. UNC Tar Heels. There you go. That's me. When we get to women's basketball, college, of course, the South Carolina Gamecocks. I mean, what do you think? Soccer. Atlanta United. When I'm not in my The Ohio State University gear, I have on my soccer gear in the summertime. And usually you see me with the Atlanta United. But I love I love Major League Soccer. I'm happy to see it growing. And I'm not, I'll rock other gear, but that's my team. Let's get on to NASCAR. NASCAR, my team is 23XI Racing Team. Bubba Wallace, my driver. And we also have Denny Hamlin and Tyler Reddick on the team. So we have quite a racing team, and I'm so happy about it. Now when we get to the individual sports, where do I lie? Well, we will first mention golf. Still a Tiger Woods fan. And I say still a Tiger Woods fan because Tiger's getting to be a little older as time continues to pass on for all of us. And he's also had some injuries. But the man, despite it all, still out there, still playing the game he grew up loving. And I'm still a Tiger Woods fan. Tennis. And we're going to talk about those who are still in the sport. Because we're not going to go back and talk about those who, you know, retired and were awesome and great. So still in the sport of tennis favorite tennis player, Coco Golf. Um, I've watched her grow up, and she reminds me of Venus Williams. Now, of course, if I was going to say my favorite tennis player of all time, that would be Serena Williams, which I'm just going to tell you right now, is my favorite athlete of all time. So when everybody have all these GOAT discussions and all that kind of thing, for me, it's Serena Williams across the board, sports, period. But we're talking about today, and we're talking about who's playing now. So I stated Coco Golf, tennis player. Moving on, MMA fighter, Amanda Nunez. Now some of you might get a little, you know, this way or that way about MMA and you know, I'm not going to discuss 
the fact of, uh, well, why did you pick a woman and not a man? And it's same with tennis. I have my favorites. And what I'm asking everybody to do, because you can do your comments on uh, Spotify and online, I'd like to hear your favorites in this. Let's make this interactive. Tell me about who you love. So for me, Amanda Nunez, MMA, wrestling, Jade Cargill in professional wrestling. Well, you know, there's also been many others, and there still are many others that I love out there. Um, right now, Jade is killing it. So if you haven't been following her, make sure that you check her out. And in boxing, Canelo Alvarez. So those are my favorites. And like I mentioned, I would love to hear from you. And I know that after this broadcast, I'm going to hear from all my family in Georgia about that whole situation with football. And I'm going to get some, some kickback on all of this. And that's what I enjoy. And that's what's going to make this podcast great. So those are my favorite sports heroes I love sports. I love all sports. Let's just sit back, eat our popcorn, and enjoy. This is the part of the podcast where we take it home. We want to thank our contributors as well as remind you to go to admin at livelaughtalk.com. That's admin at livelaughtalk.com. And tell us about your favorite sport or mention any other topic discussed today and we will definitely respond back. Also, you can go on to Spotify, take the poll question, as well as give a voice memo there. Don't have to write anything. But our sunflower message is a dear one to me. In 2001, I was living out of state and my mother sent me a book. It's named To My Child. In this book, she wrote to my precious son from your mother, December 27, 2001. Inside of it, it has a beautiful poem that I would love to share with the families out there. All of us are somebody's child, or somebody's mother or father. And this poem is so beautiful. It says, sometimes families have to be apart. That's his title. Our wonderful family is like a candle that reflects its joy within our hearts. And it's like a fire that keeps us close and warm, no matter how long we're apart. I'd give anything to be with you more often, but at least we'll be together in ways that will always shine in our lives and that will never stop brightening up our days. Each time I think of you, I promise to send you a kiss on the wind. And I promise I'll be counting the days until I can see you again. And trust, friends, 
I am counting the days until I see her again. This is James and Georgia's baby boy signing off for another podcast of Live, Laugh, Talk. Until we meet again, just know I can't wait to talk to you then.